You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, welcome back to the boys at 161st Street. Fresh off a nice 8-1 start to the season. Sweep against the Red Sox. Nice dub against the Phillies after a rain delay, of course. Three things that are promised in life. life. It's death, taxes, and rain delays for the Yankees this year. But we got a lot to talk about. Happy episode. Some debates going on. Let's get after it. All right. Welcome back. Kev, how you doing? I'm good. How are how are you doing, man? Really doing- good to be here. Happy to be here kind of guy. <laughs> Big happy to be here kind of guy. So we're going to get into it right now. It's pretty late, kind of tired, but Yankees won, so let's talk about it. So we just swept the Red Sox, got a nice dub against the Phillies. Garrett Cole, I would say shoved, but he really, I don't know. Do, do you think he shoved? I really feel I mean, like we haven't seen A stuff yet. Uh, yeah, not, not A Garrett Cole stuff, I wouldn't say. I've been so... The reason for my absence for all my people out there, um, I've been Coach Kev all summer. We have some social distancing baseball going on here in Stanford, Connecticut. So I've been uh, out coaching doubleheaders almost every game that the Yankees have played. So I caught the beginning of his first start. I caught two innings of that. I caught one inning of his Orioles start, and I caught – zero innings of him tonight. So I watch after and try to like get a gauge on it. Meanwhile, I'm getting updates on my phone all the time of like Garrett Cole gives up home run, which he has done all three of his starts, which is not ideal, but like he works out of jams. He's striking people out. He's get, he's getting the outs. It's just, I feel like it's not as pretty as we've all expected, but I do think that it doesn't help that we, Spent all offseason, an elongated offseason, watching, watching highlights. the Garrett Cole overlay of the fastball, slider, and curveball. You know what I mean? Yeah, just know, sitting like, on a pitching ninja. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I've definitely only watched so much. I mean, we were only watching his highlights, and that was that was a good point, too, because we've never actually seen Cole work. Like, we've never seen him work through a game. Like, we've seen him pitch against the Yankees, but we've never actually seen him, like, get through, like, the – bottom of the second in a random regular season game. Like whenever we don't know how he operates and we just see the numbers at the end of the year when he has a 2.2.05 ERA and 326 strikeouts, whatever the hell it is. And then we don't see like the in-between stuff, which obviously we see with other players too. Like, I don't know, Chapman who looks like he's not having a good start and his numbers indicate that he is doing well, you know, because it's the, it's the eye test thing. So it is weird finally seeing him pitch. And I mean, obviously if you haven't looked at the individual games, 
and you see the numbers, he's 3-0. and As Wins don't really matter that much as a statistic, but he's 3-0. and He doesn't have a high ERA. He didn't last Tonight, he went six innings pitched, one run. He hasn't yeah. really ever done bad. We're not saying he did bad by any means. He's not bad at all. He's been good. But yeah, but it's just not shove we have, territory. We have elevated expectations because of what we saw. But like we yeah. also have to take into account when we're watching him against the Yankees in the playoffs last year, we're rooting so hard against this guy. Mm-hmm. And when we're not hitting him, it's like, wow, this guy's actually fucking untouchable. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when somebody's on the other team – Everything looks scarier too, and then it's just it's just the bias of whatever team you're rooting for. Like whenever we're on the mound, even if it's Judge or whatever, we're like this dude stinks. Like he's not good, and you only you over emphasize the bad stuff. Yeah. And then when you're seeing somebody else, they're like they look like superhuman. So I can only imagine how Judge looks to other teams, the other fans, like when they play exactly. him, like how Letta feels. Last year, last year playoffs, seeing fucking Bregman get up, and I was like, I was shitting my pants. My stomach would drop. Yeah. Like, I hate it. That must, must yeah. really suck. No, even when somebody is... Quick. What? Not a Red Sox shirt. This is a UCLA Bruins sweatshirt. Please just don't attack me in the comments. Yeah, for those who aren't watching or just listening, Kev's wearing a shirt that very much has the same B as the Boston... It's. I mean, it's literally the same font. I don't... I never even thought UCLA had the same logo, but it's a Bruins logo. It's not a Sox logo. That that actually is a tough sweatshirt to be wearing right now. After we swept the Sox, it looks like you're just fully a Red Sox fan. It's I'm, in context. I'm, I, I'm a Yankees fan. Okay, yeah, he's on the Yankees podcast. So, yeah. anyway, so we'll talk a little bit more about Cole when we talk when we break down the recent game. So let's start with the Red Sox series. The game one, Montgomery gets to start, and honestly, I think he looked pretty good. He went five point two, one earned, four Ks, and. He didn't do fantastic, but he didn't do bad. So when you look at a guy like Montgomery, and he had some good showings in spring training, and I liked what I saw out of him, he's a huge part of this team because, honestly, when you look past Cole, who, like we said, doesn't really have his AA stuff, A-plus stuff, I'm not even going to say that anymore. He looks good. I just want him to shove. But when you look past him, things look a little thin. And Montgomery needs to be one of those. We were talking about him for the fifth starter and like fourth starter range. He needs to be like one of the the two or maybe three starter on this rotation, like one of the main guys. Because obviously Paxton doesn't really have it. We'll break that down a little bit more and how he just looks like shit. But I mean, Montgomery might be one of the most important pitchers on this team aside that isn't named Garrett Cole. Right now, yeah. I mean, you can't even debate that. Everybody who's not named Garrett Coles, everybody who is <laughs> yeah. named Garrett Cole and everybody else, they're all really important. Obviously, we don't have Seve. Um, yeah, I thought Montgomery looked Domingo. good. Domingo? No. And Domingo had to do a bad guy thing and then retire from baseball and unretire from baseball. So uh, wait, he, he unretired, so we might get him back for the playoffs. But, yeah, uh, but are, are we going to even throw him in? Like, you can't just do that. He hasn't pitched all season. Now, here, playoffs. Oh, well, DJ didn't really play, and then he just comes out, bats 500. So different. <laughs> and I know. Honestly, no, but I off topic, but on topic. No, I'm not even going to say it. It was so off topic. <laughs> what were you saying? Well, I'm saying, like, yeah, they're all really important right now. And for Montgomery, like, he hasn't pitched in a long time. So if he comes back throwing well, that's really good because, one, he's a lefty. And, two, without Paxton – 
on his game and without Tanaka ready to pitch full starts, it's really Cole and, and uh, Montgomery right now. I'm ready for I'm ready for Clark. I need Schmidt. I Dude, need I've Schmidt. been saying that. I don't I don't know what his role is going to be on this team though because you got King who's already on the roster, so you got to believe he gets the next nod. If when and, when and if an opening occurs, because I forget, I mean, people forget Jay Happ stinks like poop. He pitched in whatever he pitched in the last game against. No, before this this game we're breaking down, right? Yeah, he yeah, sucks. Uh, Either way, I don't I don't want to see Jay Happ start another game. I'll just I want him to get lost. That. I want him. Yeah, I, I want Cashman to just drop him off in the woods and just take his phone away and let him get lost. But. Yeah, I, I saw mean, a tweet the other day. It said Jay Happ's career ended game one of the ALDS against the Red Sox. And I've never even, I've never just like, it's what I've been thinking. I feel but I that. I put it into words. But like, yeah. I remember being at one of the bars at school watching that ALDS game and Happ just shit the bed. And I was like, wow, why the hell did we trade for this guy? I remember he, specifically that game too because I remember it zoomed in on like his hand at one point and he was shaking like a motherfucker yeah, and we just, were all thinking like this dude sucks but he had prior done he had done well before that in the season and honestly we're not going to shit on him too much because last year he did have a productive year but he's one of those players that like the numbers will show you he's doing one thing and he, not that he did that well but he is capable by the numbers but when you see him on the mound he looks like he's lost and he looks so just helpless kind of like Paxton's been looking so I don't know it's just this I don't like like his bug eyes yeah I don't like the way he looks when like something bad like he's used to bad things happening and that's how Paxton's getting bro it's getting to the point where like Paxton gives up a run in the first inning and he's like "Mm, yeah that happened again today sucks right and then just snowballs like he's I I said that last episode too and some guy was just shitting on us on Twitter about it he's like Paxton's a uh, oh it's the Greg Bird resurgence bandwagon guy worst fuck that guy but he i hope he's listening if you're listening i don't like you it was it was me i was the one responding to you but um i sent some funny things to him uh but what was i saying about him oh he was saying that paxton is a top 15 pitcher in the mlb and honestly maybe paxton last year looked like it but i still i can name 15 pitchers that are much better than him so i'm not even gonna I, i like paxton i liked him before this is just not the paxton that we're used to seeing and yeah, obviously, you see it with his uh, his fucking fastball is lost five miles per hour completely, and he is a guy who relies on his fastball. He's a hundred mile per hour. He touches a hundred. He averages like ninety five point four in twenty nineteen. In the first inning of the last start, he averaged ninety one point six and maxed at ninety two point nine. His max in twenty nineteen was a hundred. So, just like a guy who's a fastball pitcher. And as a dominant fastball relies on it, who loses his fastball, that's not good. Obviously. Like he's I looked at some of the numbers and if we're are we getting to Paxton now? Because we were talking about game one, but let's just get into Paxton. Fuck him. So yeah, I, no, but just the pitching as a whole, we could we'll go over. But my thing with like Paxton's not even in the same conversation as Jay Happ for me. I like dislike Jay Happ. Paxton's just—he's not right right now, and I—I'm not the biggest number guy. I always say this. Yes, I believe in them, but like you could tell, Paxton's off. I don't need somebody to tell me what like yeah. what the RA is. Like, he's pitching like shit right now. I mean, the miles per hour are—that's are, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's not even stats. That's yeah. just 
that's that's, per, that's performance awesome. on the field. That's, that's what yeah. that's what you're doing on a daily basis. It'd be like judge and yeah. I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> go ahead. But yeah, I like Paxton. I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on Paxton. I know a lot of people like Paxton is very split fans in terms of the Yankees. I feel like like some people are so high on Paxton, and some people are just like he actually sucks. I don't care what the numbers say. I'm like, I think he's good. And I think when he's on, he's one of the best pitchers. I don't think he's top 15 in MLB by any, like, any no, I don't even think it's, I don't think number. it's that close. I think I can but name a lot better pitchers. I'm not, him. I'm not giving up on him, but I think, I think he needs an IL stint right now. I think he needs to go back and figuring it out. Cause like, even in the, uh, the scrimmages before the season, he didn't look good. Like judge and Stanton are giving are hitting home runs off. Him. And he's like, yeah, I love to see those guys hit home runs, but, I guess it's bad that it's off me. Yeah. That's not good. That's not ideal at all. Yeah, no. He just looks, like I said in the last episode, he looks like a kind of a lost dog out there. And when he's similar to Tanaka in the sense that he gives up a home run in the first, clearly he he gets the home runs in the first every time. But then he just snowballs and he gets worse and worse. And that's the difference between Cole. Cole gives up a home run and he gets pissed off and he just shoves and he just retires the next 15. But yeah. That's the difference between them two. But back to game one, the other storyline there was Guardy getting the, the hit for the first time. So that was huge for him. Guardy, I'm still, I, I don't know. Guardy just seems like, there. we just have so many good outfielders that I, I'm not going to get back into this conversation. And I'm looking at Guardy on the TV right now. He looks so happy but in the post game. But I, he just, he hit home run and he needed it. That, he needed that more than his next breath. And I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with Gardner is that I've been saying this for the last four years and I've been wrong every year up until this point. It looks like that it's his job to lose. Like I think the Yankees are just waiting for somebody to push him out and nobody has been able to do it because the guy hits 25, 28, 30 home runs every season. And it's like, wow, I guess he's not going anywhere, but like really it is his job to lose. And we have, we love Clint Frazier. We love Mike Talkman. We love Stanton. And we want him to get pushed out, and it hasn't been happening. So now that it's happening, we're not like trying to – I'm not trying to root against him, but – There are the better options. One other people. Yeah, there are better options, more exciting options, and people uh, – options that are going to be the options for the future. Like what we're going to – and the future is kind of now in his department, especially when he – Hits a home run tonight and hits a home run in that in game one against the Red Sox. And is that enough? I don't think so. I, I think two home runs isn't enough to, I mean, to just have every other at-bat kind of be just looking yeah. useless out there. So In this kind of season, we obviously, we need him. He's a lefty and he's a veteran. We're playing 60 games. Everybody's going to be playing a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a revolving depth. door. We have the depth, and we're going to need him when it comes to playoff time. I don't want him to start, but like we, de- I, I appreciate having him this year, but I think going on forward, I'm okay with – With, I think he should just retire next year. I, I'm cool with – oh, next year? Yeah. You said that so like like, uh, like you don't want to upset him. Like next year, like re- come on, like maybe here, yeah. <laughs> just retire already so we don't I, have to be – if you went anywhere else. Honestly? But like – Well, he's I, not, not going to go anywhere else. No, but I'm I'm with you in terms of him retiring because I feel like the more it's it's almost a disservice to Brett because the more you put him out there, the more I'm going to start to hate on him and the and the 
fans are going to turn on him because he's just not going to be as good as he once was or like every year he's going to deteriorate like everybody does and yeah, i feel but like he doesn't <laughs> like, but he doesn't but then i feel like just continuing to throw him out there i don't know i mean he's he's always been like around a 250 260 hitter so i guess he's doing the same thing whatever guardy I, I evidently it's not a decision and i'm pretty sure he's going to keep playing the outfield and if he, he just hit another home run tonight so he just hit the reset button on that whole uh, coming for his job speech. But uh, Judge hits a home run in that game. Obviously, hits a home run in the next game, and the next game, and the next game, and the next game, and then the next game. That's six, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's six in a row. Uh, no, five in a row, but six home runs total in the five games. But game two, Tanaka gets the start. Tanaka goes 2.2, four hits, one earned, three Ks. Urshela with the slam, Judge home run. Uh, that game with Tanaka... I mean, he's obviously not going to come out and throw a full start. I mean, even when he's fully healthy and not concussed, he would probably sometimes go 2.2 anyway you know, on a bad night, and then he'd go nine complete game shutout on a good night because he's just night and day like that. But honestly, I'm just shocked that he's on the field. <laughs> I don't think he should be pitching right now. I, I mean, granted, if he's fine, he's fine. But, like, you take a shot from Stanton to the head, Stanton is – the every year leader in exit velocity. Mm-hmm. You take a shot from his your, from the head. That ain't that ain't like like it's not gonna not gonna feel good. So I'm shocked know. that he's on the field. He's an anomaly, I guess. That's that's bizarre that he's even pitching. But this is like here's where it goes two ways. Like we say, we don't want Paxton pitching right now, but he's ready to pitch according to him. So why not? And like my thing with Tanaka is. The way that our rotation is right now, I'd rather have him getting ready by pitching in MLB games than not because, like, what do you have, four four hits, one run, and 2.2? Yeah. Like, that's not ideal, but wasn't terrible. We won the game. Yeah. And with our lineup, we can afford that. And with our bullpen, we can afford that. So, yeah. like, I'm okay with him going out there and getting his reps, getting actual in-game reps. Yeah. It's you know like active I mean? practice. We we can afford to have more practice and like almost rehab games because our offense can put up ten runs yeah. a game every single day and that's probably honestly I know Chapman's coming back soon Sessa's coming back soon and they're doing like rehab stints and whatever obviously there's no minor league season this year so they can't do like an actual sim games so I feel like that com- combined with the amount of runs we put up like just throw them back in the lineup we're fine yeah I don't know I, and with sixty games I, I feel like. I guess with Chapman, not as much because Chapman comes in and blows a game. That's that's a loss. Like if yeah, if yeah, is blowing it, they could figure it out later down the road. Seven, eight innings to recover. You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess for relievers, no, not as much. But I feel like we give Tanaka and maybe even Paxton the time. Paxton, I feel like is just a more obvious concern. Like he had back surgery, and now he's throwing s- slower. Yeah. Tanaka has bad starts all the time. Yeah, he's so, not busy, and his head is fine. Then yeah, yeah, he's wearing that he's wearing that protective thing in his hat too. So I mean, it seems like they're taking all the necessary precautions. So I'm yeah. not a doctor, but if he's good enough to be on the mound, he's he's probably good. He's probably fine mentally and health wise. So I'm just shocked. I'm just that just blows my mind that Iron Head Tanaka is back back out there again. And honestly, we need it more than now more than ever because. With him out, we were we did the bullpen day. I'm not personally a fan of the bullpen days, but we did it, and 
pitched. I think we got the win, and that was when King pitched as well. So I don't think King specifically has a spot in the rotation right now, but one person goes down, and he might take, honestly, Hap's spot right now. So you never know. I think King's going to have a big big role. And I think Schmidt, like you said, should definitely crack the lineup very soon, whether it's taking Hap's job or one person goes down and Paxton needs to go to the IL and serve some time there. But I'm always hesitant with with – calling up these big prospect rookies because it's like a, it's almost a gamble because they come in, they have one bad season, their trade value goes to the floor. But like, I feel like Clark Schmidt is like, he's, he looks so ready. And And I think with him, I don't think we're trading him. I think they love him obviously. And like we just said, if now more than ever, it's a 60 game season. Obviously everyone's trying to win. I'm not going to say it doesn't count. So it, it does count and it feels like it very much counts and everybody cares about it but like we just said with all the runs scoring like why not throw them out there now when a team's hot as hell like it's not it's you're risking less because you can still yeah. get the dub and all these a bunch of prospects are coming up this year like this is a year for it where like you need more depth because you're playing yeah. more games in a shorter time frame and i think i think if one injury happened he'd be up but i think that right now let's just have him take fucking half's job i'm so down with that because like how much worse could he be than Hap is right now? Like we've seen him do nothing but just twirl yeah. it out there. Like I don't, I don't see. I know there's a like a translation from the minors to the majors, but we saw him pitch against the A team on the Yankees because they did the, they did the Bombers versus the Yankees thing. Is A team B team JV varsity situation, and he was pitching against the varsity team. He was pitching against Stanton, Judge, and all them, and he loved it. And he, you see him in the post game, like smiling and everything. Pitched yeah. well, striking people out. Like Hap can't do that. Hap, if Hap was doing that, he he would just give up a million runs. This is the most potent offense in the league, and Schmidt shut them down for the most part. From what I remember, I don't really know the lines and everything like that. But Schmidt looks like he's very much ready. And if he yeah. can neutralize the Yankees A team, mm-hmm. I think he can do it against the Blue Jays, Orioles, Marlins if they play baseball. Uh, who knows? And just. The Mets, Philly. I, I think he can spin it, and I think yeah. with the options we have, I think he's probably one of the better options to throw out there in terms of confidence for me. Like, yeah, if you wanted to make a trust tree with the starting rotation, obviously Garrett Cole. Then I don't. Then it's up to your interpretation, honestly. It goes Tanaka, Paxton, Monty, bag of shit, and then half. Well, where, do you, where do you put Schmidt? Right behind Paxton. So three. No, no I'm sorry. Right behind uh, Tanaka. So what Before is that? Montgomery. Yeah, I think he's so nasty. Yeah, I like, and that might not be anything to do with stats. I'm just saying when F, when I see him on the mound, yeah. he, he look. I I'm confident he's gonna close the door. That's it. He's gonna twirl it. He's gonna just get some punchies, and that's it. Gone. Spend your time. So. Mm-hmm. That's that. Paxton, some, just some more stats on him. In game three, he gets to start. Obviously, we talked about the five miles per hour off his fastball. But in the first two starts, Paxton goes four innings pitched total in two starts. That ain't it. He gives up 12 hits in a total of 25 batters face. So he's, people are batting 500 against him. He is just getting hit. That's not good. And he has six earned run and five strikeouts. 
he has a 3.25 whip, which is, goes in line with him giving up hits and everything like that. He had a 128 whip last year, so that's not good. League average is 1.27. He's just not doing it. Yeah, and it's like this is like what. So I coach, obviously, I've mentioned that, and my team's favorite thing, like they they decide to walk everyone, and walks pissed me off when I'm coaching because at the level that I'm at, it's it's not hits that kill you, it's walks that kill you. Yeah, at the level that they're at, Paxton just does. <laughs> He just gives up hits, dude. It's just hit <laughs> after hit. He has one pitch where he's like, all right, I got two strikes. Let's try this put-out pitch. Oh, he took it. Damn. All right, I'm a fastball right down the middle. I and it's funny away. because – and that's honestly a good point too because walks aren't his problem. He walked one guy in the, the four innings that he threw, but he gave up 12 hits. So the 3.25 whip is walks, hits, per innings, pitch. All of the 3.25, like 3.24 is from the hits, and .01 is from the walks he's given up. Yeah. So maybe to help him out, like throw some balls. Like <laughs> maybe you're throwing too much in the zone. He has like one attempt at a put-out pitch, and then it's just lay it in there. And his, like, the they were breaking it down. Like with J.D. Martinez's two-out double, it was he threw a good slider, and J.D. didn't chase. And then he's just flustered, and he's like, all right, so how about a slider right down the middle? <laughs> Just threw a slider. He laid off. Saw exactly like the movement of the pitch. So let's throw it in the zone. And then freaking uh, Bogarts, he throws a change up nowhere. Like it, he spikes it into the ground. And he's like, all right, well, that's not working. So how about a fastball right in the wheelhouse? Okay. Home run. What are you doing? I think he just like, needs to throw some, more balls. He doesn't even go out there to compete right now. Yeah, He's throw just, more out of the zone. That's just uh, that might fix his situation at the, for the moment. If you're gonna lose five miles per hour on your fastball, you're a fastball pitcher. If you're a fastball pitcher too, like if you're hit more hittable because you're now throwing ninety flat, throw him out of the zone. Like don't throw him in the zone until you have to. Yeah, at least try and be a painter. I'm not even try, saying try and like change the way. Like I don't want to do that whole song and dance where it's like, oh, he becomes a finesse pitcher now, like CC no. did in the back end of his career. Like, no, Paxton should be a a flamethrower. Like he should. Like, I don't think I'm ready to turn the page and be like, oh no, this is just who Paxton is now. Like he's not. He's probably just hurt. But it, if you are going through the motions right now and you are throwing ninety, like. Maybe do a little something different. Like maybe, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. We still ended up winning the game because Judge goes two for four and he just goes Superman. Two for four, two home runs, a walk, and five RBIs. It, it, this dude, I put that meme up there of the uh, Paxton runs in the first and Judge is just saving us. It's like, here there goes our hero. <laughs> Honestly, for those listening, I made that before that happened. That's why I was able to post it so fast. I made that before just in, a, in the hopes that it is judged. So I had the idea after Paxton gave up runs in the first because obviously, honestly, I could have made that before the game started because I knew that was going to happen too. But days long. as soon as that happened, I started making the video and I had the idea I was going to use it for something. I made, made the beginning of the video. I was like, whatever. It like, judges as hot as a pistol right now. I'm going to just use his face. And if... Something changes, I'll just switch the face out. But it's probably going to be Judge, so I made the video with Judge, and then I was like, I sent it in the group chat to you guys. It's like, I need Judge to hit home run right here so I can post this right now. 
and he was up next, and then he hit the home run, goes up 3-2, erased the Paxton, runs in the first. Obviously, he went back and forth after that during the game, but like that was perfect. And honestly, that some people commented, like, how the fuck did you make that that fast? And I was like, I, I didn't do it in the moment. I did it before, so that's why. I just ended up predicting, so I guess I'm Nostradamus. Yeah, no, but when Judge gets up, it's just like it, he's a different animal right now. There was a stretch in like 2018 before he got hurt and like when he first got back last year that it was like I felt like I was hoping that he got a hit. Like, come on, Judge, because like I root for the guy so hard. But this year it's like he steps up and I just expect a home run. Like yeah. he's just so on it right now. And he takes great pitches. He has such good at bats, fouls pitches off, and even like even his strikeouts, they're they're great at bats. He's not chasing out of the zone for two out of three strikes. He's yeah. not flaring at pitches. The changeup's not beating him, and he's sitting on his pitch. Like I just love the way he looks right now. On, and honestly, Murph Murph was going to record with us, but he wanted to insert one of his takes, and it is very applicable here. So I'll read verbatim what Murphy has said. He said, "Also, the take is." That judge is unstoppable right now because he's an automatic hitting uh, inside pitches so far this year, and you can't throw him outside like you said uh, to him because most of his career has been hitting oppo, so he's so dangerous outside, and he's he's just impossible to pitch to right now. It's he's a pitcher's nightmare, and also the reason he didn't go yard is because Girardi knows how to pitch him to limit homers. Actually, that kind of, that might make a little sense, but. He still hit a, a single and a double, which speaks to speaks volumes about how good of a hitter he is, because it shows he's not just, just trying to hit bombs. Which is yeah, and it's so true. Like that, he hit the nail on the head there. It's like he's not going up there because there. This could be a deceiving thing right now. It could just be he's hot and he's getting up there in situations to try to hit a home run and he's hitting home runs. But like the situations aren't really calling for a home run. Like they're get on base, get guys over. They're all game tying or game go ahead home runs. Like he's having at bats where he yeah. needs to do something and they're turning out in home runs. And I love that he's pulling the ball again. I love that he's using his power on inside pitches because he had a defensive approach for a while where it was like, let's poke one the other way. Cause I'm so damn strong and I'm playing at Yankee stadium. But now it's like, I'm fucking mushing the ball. Like he is mushing. Yeah. Dean, he's just doing everything right. God, I love him. No, I know. And when you when you look at the like records that we're talking about, every time he steps in the box, there's a new record that he broke. And some of them that were that we were looking at were obviously the consecutive games with home runs. He hit six in the first eight games, which is the most ever by a Yankee since well, tied for the most ever by a Yankee. A Rod is the other one. Babe Ruth is five, and then other ones like. Um, what was the other one? It was he's the first player in baseball history to have five go-ahead homers in the team's first eight games. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then every home run judge has either every homer judge has hit this season has either tied or yeah. or gone yeah. ahead. And so the clutch gene for Judge is so activated. And when you talk about like him not doing too much, like Murphy said, it's so true. Because and that's my takeaway from this game against the uh, the Phillies that just finished is I kind of am happy that he didn't get a home run because it, it, it honestly, a little too much emphasis would probably be placed on, oh, is the streak going to be there? And as much as he can probably block that out, it's you're still thinking about it. 
you're still thinking about, oh, I need to crush this ball. And I think Judge is at his best when he's not thinking about hitting for power because he's so big that, like tonight, happened. yeah, tonight he got a single and a double, and he just takes what's given to him. It's situational. It's like Jeter was inside out. Like if the ball's outside, like Murph said, he's a he's a good outside hitter. Hits it oppo a lot. Takes what he gets, and it's just like take that's it. He just takes what's given to him, and that's perfect. And he doesn't try and force anything. Yeah, which, that's the best part about him right now is that he's not trying to do too much. Yeah. I'm not saying he ever has, but I'm saying like I like the approach that he's just being Aaron Judge right now, as opposed to like trying to like I feel he had to be trying to go the other way for that whole season like he was only hitting up a home runs last year I don't There's know a- I we talked about that on the pod too last year but I don't I don't know if he ever was trying to do that he probably could have he's a smart enough player and he's talented just, enough to be able to do that like you could you're seeing him now Pulling the ball 468 plus feet. He smoked that ball to to go ahead. That was ridiculous. Like, that means that if he didn't do that one time last year. I don't know. I'm not one of those who's too fixated on the, the, like, remember when Meredith came up to him and was like, hey, so you you pulled your first home run. He's like, why does that matter? And I was fully on board. Like, I don't. No, I get it. I'm not saying that it matters that. I'm just saying that he was doing something to make that happen. I don't think that you're that big and that strong and you're not pulling home runs. I don't know. I think that's just – I feel like it's just a situational thing. Like, it's what, it's the way the cookie crumbled. I think it's something with the approach. It has to be approach. There's no way you don't pull the ball accidentally that far at least five times if you're yeah. hitting home runs. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, if he's doing that on purpose, that's more power to him because that's even more impressive that he's well, I don't give a, that I don't good at hitting. where yeah. the ball goes. If yeah. it goes out, I don't give a shit like, – I don't care if he's pulling the ball or not. I'm just saying, I think right now we're seeing the Aaron Judge full throttle. Like, this is what this is the hitter that he can be when he's at his best. And you know what's crazy? That he said he's not locked in. Yeah. They, like, they asked him, obviously, he's, he's super modest. He's not going to say, dude, I'm, you see me today? Did you see me hit that home run? I'm fucking locked in, dude. Like, he's never going to say something like that. He's not cocky whatsoever. He's obviously going to say that. So I think he is very much locked in. So he, that he's this is. Locked- this is locked in Aaron Judge. But that's settling if he says I'm locked in. Like that's if you ask him to like he said the question was like how does it feel to be locked in? He was like still not locked in yet. Like that that if he said yeah, I'm locked in right now, that means that this is his ceiling. Yeah. He's not at his ceiling. He's never going to to his standards, he's never at his ceiling. Yeah, so and yeah, even he's yeah, not, he's even if he was. Even if he was, he would never say, yeah. "Oh, like this feels great. I'm I feel like I'm the like I'm the king of the world right now that can never get any better than this. Cause he's always trying to do better things and he's talented. Sure as fuck talented enough, but his stats in this span has, he's bad. He's got a 368 batting average. This is cause he won uh, AL player of the week. So during this week he has been batting 368. He has a 478 OBP, a 1.3 slugging nine runs, six home runs, two walks. That's pretty locked in. If you ask me, you got to believe that means if there's a player for the month of July, it's got to be him. For July? Well, I think, yeah. I, I mean, player of the week is pretty much player of July. <laughs> there was like, there was like one, that was, that was the week, yeah. 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 So Not like it literally, it literally was a week. Yeah. No, so he's the, he's the player of July. <laughs> so we just crowned now him player of the July. he wins August, got to believe that's MVP. Yeah, because then you're two out of the four Three months. Four months. <laughs> 
So he's already at the majority if he wins August. So then now somebody yeah, we're like he's sick. He's so good at baseball, but it's just crazy to me. He just it's nuts having him locked in with Stanton locked in at the same time, and it's just wild because those two have never been on the field together for the most part. I, th- I know that sat before the season started was they've only hit home runs in the same game one time, and that's just simply because they have never really been playing together. One's hurt when the other's healthy, and one's healthy when the other's hurt. So that's true, right? What? Like I don't think Stanton's had a home run since Judge has started. Uh, I think it may have happened once. No, it hasn't happened this year. You sure? Could be wrong, but Sand didn't hit one all Red Sox series. I don't, and Judge's first was the last. Yeah, that could be true. Second game of the Orioles series, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure Stanton, doesn't Stanton only Stanton have two, two. Yeah, he's two. Yeah, they were both against the So Nats, it could still so. be true, but I mean, regardless, they're both locked the fuck in right now. Yeah, Sand's hitting, which is good. So it's never a bad thing. <laughs> so, uh, other notes from that game. This is uh, game three against the Red Sox. I mean, Voigt with the rocket home run, Miggy in left field making the error. I mean, and the last thing, Glaber is two for 13. So, those three things alone, I think those are recurring storylines that we need to look at going forward, like what to watch for. So, Voigt, I've been a big proponent of Ford getting the, getting the nod. And honestly, Boyd has been proving me wrong. He is to play. He's playing very well, but I will say I will not stop this just yet. I will not stop. It's not Ford. It's not Void hate, but I'm not going to stop being skeptical of him just yet. And I don't know what he has to do to kind of pr- turn that in my head because I, I really, I've never been a big Void guy, but he is playing very good baseball right now. And he's, Never going to be a great defender. It's first base, so who really gives a shit? We have Edwin Encarnacion, who is slow as hell. Like, you don't need a good fielder at first base. That's not a big deal. But he is hitting yeah. the ball well, and he hit the cover off the ball against the Red Sox in Game 3. And I don't know. What's your take on it? Because I've been talking a lot about my feelings on Voight, and I want to get other people's opinions because I want to maybe either have people agree with me or get myself checked out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my thing is I – wanted bird over Voight for the longest time. <laughs> so like I started with a bias against Voight, but Voight is the guy like he's shown us exactly who he is and he's been consistent ever since he came to the Yankees. Like they just, he just played his first full season, like a couple games ago, like it was yeah. a full season with the Yanks. So like he's done very well over that span. Yeah. He's like and that includes seven home runs. That includes like, the hernia time. Huh? That includes the time with the hernia too, and the stats were yeah. still good. Well, no, like he, they did all the games he's played in, I think. I know, but it, when, like, when he came back from the hernia, he played hurt, remember? So that... Yeah, that is true. Yeah, when he, he slumped last, hurt. And he slumped like, last year, so that made the stats worse, but the stats were still overall good, so... Yeah, and they're no, but like the, he is he, he's exactly what he is all the time. Like he hits home runs once in a while. He strikes out, yeah. Walks not a ton, but he walks. But like he's never gonna be the, oh my god! Like Luke Foyt is the best player on this team. He would never be that for any team. But like he's a great guy to have in the middle of the lineup. Like last night was just a perfect example for me. Like. 
Judge, obviously, he's on. DJ's always on. Glaber's not particularly on right now. Stanton, always a home run threat. And then it's just having the Voight right there. Yeah. It's just like there's no let up. Like, you still got to face Voight. And even when Sanchez is bad, you still got to face Sanchez. Yeah. Like, him right there in our lineup, I think, is just so perfect. Yeah. I just love how it's just there's no break. Like, I feel like with Ford, I it's he could go Yabo anytime too, but I just feel like I'd rather have Voight in the situation where you need the big hit than yeah. Ford. So the way I have changed my perspective on this, I'm not fully sold yet, but I have changed my perspective very much. So I was calling for Ford to be the starter for first base. Now I've completely called that off. That is, that's not happening. It's not happening this year. Voight, the way he's playing, if he continues to play like this, or even remotely close, he's going to stay what, at... What? Like what? What? Like what? Like keeps playing like what? Like just what? doing what he's doing. He had, he had the occasional home run every other game or something like that. But it, you know, the reason why I haven't liked him is because for me, I'm a big on the eye test, and I've been recently delving into the world of advanced statistics. So I'm trying to combine the two, maybe make this a little bit of a math pod. Grant, given I am a math person by trade. So maybe I will be the math guy, the stat guy on this podcast. But the reason why I haven't really liked him as much is because he doesn't pass the eye test, the Luke test. I called it all the time, like how I feel confidence wise when he's at the plate. And I think that's because of just his, I looked at the numbers. I was trying to figure out, Okay, I don't like him, just based on what I'm looking at. Let me see the number, because I know the numbers always prove that he's he's doing well. So I, I tried to marry those two and find out why. Why do I hate Voight? <laughs> so I looked at the numbers, and I think I came to a conclusion that it's because of his strikeout percentage. And that is very... It's very it weighs a lot on you while you're watching. So you, you always see him striking out, and his strikeout percentage is 37% in 2020. It's 27.8 in 2019 after a full year. The league average is 16.8. So hey, that that to me is that's what you that's why it's alarming because that's what you see all the time. You see 37% of the time you're seeing him strike out. And that looks that carries a lot more weight to me, you know. Obviously, it shouldn't. It's just a sink. It's an at bat. Strikeouts don't matter. Judge strikeouts a lot. Strikes strikes out a lot. Stanton strikes out a lot. It doesn't matter. But I will say, the thing that flips that evens that out is his walk percentage. Because I know his OBP is always very high, but his walk percentage in 2019 was 13.9 percent, and the league average is 8.5. So he makes up for the amount of strikeouts with his walks. So as a result, in conclusion, <laughs> with my feelings on Voight, his walk-to-strikeout ratio is 0.5, which is exactly league average. So that those two things even out, and that's why his statistics aren't really showing how bad he may seem to me because I just overemphasize the strikeouts in my mind. You know, I'm I'm a Voight guy now. I'm uh, there's no bird to get in my way, so yeah, I I like Voight. I want Voight to be the starter, hands down. I'm I'm way way more Voight than Ford. I'm okay with Ford's role. I'm okay with him starting every few days because he does have that power. He could get the big hit, but like I I like Voight and I love who he is as a guy. Like I think he's a great teammate. So I'm 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 big Voight guy now. 
Yeah, I think I'm coming around on him. I just I'm never gonna be truly sold on him. But then again, like it's like a Gary situation. There's really like Ford is a he's a decent option, but he's is he really like so much of a glaring like he's gonna take your job. He's so good, like you have to start him, sort of a guy. No, not necessarily. He can. He looks like he can damn hit. Like he can hit the cover off a ball. He looks like a pure hitter, and we've seen that in the minors, and we've seen it when he pinch hits. He's the best pinch hitter I've ever seen. He's like batting like a thousand pinch hitting. He hits a million home runs and walks it off all the time. But I, I, I don't think he will ever really be like a, like imagine like DJ was. I mean, actually, this is a weird example that makes sense because DJ didn't start the season last year as a starter. Tulo was going to start. So it'd be like a situation if like DJ was on the bench and like the, he Ford is never the DJ, you know. I, this is very a crossed example. Not everywhere, bro. Huh? Real in. I have no fucking clue what you're trying to say to me. Ford isn't taking Void's job. Case closed. No. That's it. That's that's what I was trying to get out of that whole thing. That was a very roundabout way to get there, but yes, I am not counseling Void. So. That was the Red Sox series. Getting a nice sweep. Definitely like to see that. The Red Sox, honestly, are looking so bad. And and they get nearly swept by the Orioles. The Orioles are like 5-3. and three. I don't know if they won tonight, but they were 5-3 and three this morning. The Red Sox look horrible. The Rays get swept by the Orioles, too. The Blue Jays are losing games to the Rays. So everybody's just beating up on each other, and we're just winning games. So... At this point, we always knew we were going to make the playoffs, and if it if they didn't expand the roster, the playoff to two division leaders making the playoffs, it'd be a little more concerning. But now we're absolutely we knew we were going to make the playoffs, but now it's pretty much a guarantee. I won't say I guarantee it. I don't guarantee it. So, for like, you want to explain to the listeners what a guarantee is? You guarantee something, and you get it wrong, you have to shit your pants on site. You're so, very, very confident in your guarantees. Have you ever guaranteed something? Uh, I guaranteed that. Oh, I think I guaranteed a strike in bowling. Did you get it? I, yeah, I got it. So if you guarantee something and you got you got the strike, so does somebody else have to shit their pants or you just don't have Absolutely to? Absolutely not. It's just showing your confidence in what you're about to do. So that's like a very low reward High low, risk situation. High risk, situation. So like you don't you don't get anything other than being like I'm going to get the, I'm just gonna absolutely not flaunt my confidence. I don't have to shit. That's all it is. We'll we'll, we'll do some guarantees this year. Uh, I, I I wouldn't want to shit my pants, but I'll piss. I guaranteed a few things. You ain't cool not unless you pee your pants. Oh, but you, there is a guarantee. There is a guarantee. It's just a less confident version of the guarantee. hundred percent. Okay. Noted. That'll be a that'll be a ongoing storyline for those listening. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> so those are the games. Did we go over the Phillies game? No, we'll get into it now. Yankees win. Cole, we talked about Cole and how we think about Cole. Cole goes six innings, uh, one earned, picks up win number nineteen. He's gonna break the record. The record's twenty four wins in a row. I don't see him ever losing a game with this offense behind him. DJ goes two for three. Judge stays hot. Two for four, I think it was. Like we said, we already spoke about that. Guardy gets another home run. First home run he's ever hit to left field. Ever. What? At Yankee Stadium. You didn't see that spray chart? No, I wasn't watching, dude. I was coaching. Won the championship today. Sick. Congrats. <laughs> but 
Gardner, he hit a home run to Oppo. It just got over the left field. I was actually, it was, it was a home run, clear home run. But it was, I saw oh, somebody. First one ever. No, somebody wow. tweeted out like the spray chart, like the heat map, like where the balls have landed at Yankee Stadium. I think it's just at Yankee Stadium too. But because he's such a dead pull hitter. And somebody put it out and it's like, oh, let, the caption was, oh, let me, let me see uh, how many times the Guardians hit the ball to left field. Let me see where his home runs have landed. Oh, there's literally one. In left field. And another one that's like in like in like left field, left field, like on the field. I don't know what happened there. It, it was a home run, but it was like at the shortstop. I don't know. <laughs> but it's kind of wild. I mean, we know he's a dead pull hitter, and he's like Didi. He only hits him to right field. So yeah. it's just kind of a weird little thing that he had a home run to left field. And good for him. He had another home run. So I'm not really going to be bullying him anymore on Twitter until he goes over 20 again. But Yeah, I mean – Look good today, and for what from what I saw, I'm kind of watching the encore as we're speaking. So um, okay, you know play. what? Some I do want to talk about is like obviously we know how great DJ is, and he's never not great. But like it goes unsaid because of how good Judge is doing, how great Lemayhew's doing. Like both those situations, there were two situations last night, and one was the go ahead home run where. DJ keeps the inning alive to give Judge a chance, which is so big. Like, usually, I I hate when the leadoff hitter gets up with two outs. Like, it's just a thing It's always bothered me. Like, I hate when it's like, shit, we could have him next inning with no outs, and then we have, like, LeMahieu, Judge, Glaber, Stanton. Like, that's what I'd rather have than two outs, LeMahieu gets up. But, like, with Judge and the way he's hitting right now, it's good to get him up whenever. And, like, Talkman to draw that walk and steal that base and then DJ to tie the game with that hit, like, that's so big because not only does it get Judge up, it gives Judge pressure opportunity. off. Yeah. So oh, yeah, he tied the game. Because DJ did – he tied the game when we were down in the eighth. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I was about to say that too. Like, I don't want that to go unsung, like – Obviously, the big storyline is Judge with the home run, but DJ just as much gets the most valuable player of that game because he ties the game up. And like you said, so much pressure off his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. And I love that out of him. And the way that he just, he's always doing it. And like, even with like a leadoff home run tonight, like that's big. That gives Cole breathing room. That gives everybody like, everybody could let a little bit loose and he just is always coming up in the right situations. Yeah. And it was earlier in yesterday's game too. Like there's two outs, DJ's up, he gets a hit. And like, even though I don't think judge did anything that at bat, but like, that's good. Get judge up right now. We need judge up yeah. and like, we even need LeMahieu up. So it's just that an inning's never over when LeMahieu's up. I mean, that's what he's been doing. Like he's, I feel like DJ has always been up with two outs and he just extends the inning and lets Judge get up. And that's literally all it's been. And DJ obviously hit like 26 homers last year, but he's never really been a home run guy. He is still hitting home runs. I'll say that. Like, he's definitely not not hitting home runs. But his game is slapping the ball, finding holes. And there, uh, I'll bring out some stats again. We're going to make this a math pod one way or another. But there are some wild stats, as you can imagine, with DJ. And some of them are specifically... So this is really cool stuff about play discipline statistics. 
that I was today years old when I learned what they are. So I'll enlighten you guys and make this a math pod. So there's something called O-swing percentage. I don't know if you've heard of it, Kev, have you? No, I don't. I so O-swing no. percentage is basically just the percentage of balls, pitches that you swing. Uh, like how many, the percentage of pitches you swing on that are outside the zone. So how often are you swinging outside the zone? How often are you chasing, basically? And the Z swing, which is swings inside the zone percentage. So it's, it's not what you would think. So his O swing is 38.5. So that's how many pitches? So he's swinging out. He's a free swinger. He is swinging at 38.5% outside the zone, and the league average is 29.7. So he's swinging a large number amount. He's, it's almost 10% more outside the zone. And inside the zone, he's swinging at just about the same. But he's chasing more pitches. And then the crazy part about that is his O contact, so his contact percentage on the swings that he goes outside the zone, is 85%. And I guess that's why. And the league average is 58. Okay, that's why. I was going to say I, I, there's no way that's true. but Yeah, I no, he's, not chas- he's chasing, but he's hitting them. Yeah, that makes sense because it doesn't look like he's chasing it when he hits it. Yeah, and the, and the Z swing, huh? It makes a pitch look like it's in the zone when you make solid contact with it, even if it's outside. Exactly. He, so he just barrels up everything. And then the crazy part is, and this is the thing that everybody notices, is the Z swing percentage. He swings at about 60% there in the zone, but the amount that he hits. So when he does swing in the zone, he makes 92% contact. Makes perfect sense. Which is almost every single time, and that's 83% league average. So he's very much better than the average person in terms of making contact on pitches, which we knew. So... That was crazy to me. Best vision ever. Yeah. And another fun thing that I found, these are the stats I'm going to try and find. I'm going to try and find the ones that are relevant to what we've been seeing. So another statistic called batting average on balls in play. So when you think about DJ, my cat just fucking dropped something. When you think about DJ, you always see him just finding holes, right? All the time. So DJ, batting average on balls in play basically just measures a player's batting average exclusively on balls hit into the field of play. So like when he does hit one inside the lines, how often does it actually get through? And his batting average on balls in play in 2020 so far has been 440. MLB average has been 280. <laughs> so he is finding holes, obviously small sample size. So when we look at 2019, the full sample size, his batting average on balls in play is 349. League average is 298. So he just is like what we've been seeing is true statistically as well. That's just crazy to me. And another thing to add to his MVP campaign that he should have won, his strikeout percentage is 13.7 last year and 23 is the average for the league. So he's just not striking out, but he's swinging more often than other people, which is nuts. So he's swinging at so much shit and he's just never striking out because he makes contact on everything. 92% inside the zone, 85% outside the zone. Yeah, he's the man. And then so, for the yeah. rest of tonight's game, you have Urshela with another ding bomb because he's the man. Yeah. So moving with the Woba conversation because there are some other cool stats, and then I'll stop with my math because I'm nerding out here. But basically a better definition than what I was trying to freehand, I have it in front of me now. Woba is an advanced rate statistic. Basically it attempts to credit the hitter for a value of each outcome, single, double, etc., Rather than trading all hits with equal weight, it's a better representation of offensive value as a whole. So 
it's like OPSs and stuff like that, but it's everything combined basically. So an amazing WOBA is 400. Average is 320. Bad is 290. Aaron Judge is currently leading the MLB with a 518 WOBA before tonight. I haven't calculated since then. The MLB average is 320, like I said. To put that in perspective, Barry Bonds, the year he had 73 home runs. I get this is a small sample size, but this is just giving you a perspective of how good Judge is currently playing, the caliber he's putting on this field. Barry Bonds, when he hit 73 home runs in his best year of his career, hit a 537 Woba for the whole year. But that's just crazy that Judge is playing that high of caliber baseball right now. That's what we're seeing right in front of our eyes. That's why I wanted to give a good example of who you're playing like. And in terms of one of the goats of baseball, probably the best player to ever live. Obviously, he took steroids. But that's even crazier, too, because this is the year that he was taking full-blown steroids. He was needles in the ass. And Judge isn't doing that. And he's putting up numbers like Bonds was. Obviously, it's over 10 games. But that's what we're currently watching. And I'm not going to overreact to the sample size, but that's the crazy part to me. Yeah, no, he's on. He's out as a pistol. There's no refuting that one, Luke. (laughs) And one more thing on that. He was a little bit below Bonds, like I said, but he he beat Mark McGuire's Woba, which was 492 the year he had 70 home runs to the long gone summer. So just a lot of numbers here, trying to make sense of them in my head and share them with the world, and I think it's cool. I think numbers are cool. So a little stat nugs for you today. Nice. So let's get into a little bit of the – what did you want to call this now? This is the new – Segment. Well, we've been doing these all the time, just to debate topics. But like, what do you want to call it now? We're rounding third. We're rounding third. So explain to the people what rounding third's all about. So since we are full of our hot takes here, what we're gonna do? We're gonna round third with our takes, and then there's gonna be a play at the plate. If the take is solid, you're safe at the plate. If the take is terrible, you're out at home. So we're gonna round third. And Rel has some, some things he wants to run by me. And not like most people, I don't stand for the Rel BS a lot of the time. So I'll punch you out if I have to. I am an umpire. Okay? I want you to remember that. So you try to get some of these takes by me and they don't fly, you're getting, you're getting called out. All right. So my first, what do you want to call this? My triple trying to turn it into a home run? Base runner. Your base runner. He's so I'm sending him around third. And the first thing I'm sending around there is Judge Aaron Judge is the face of baseball. Now, so, before you throw me out or let me or just send me home, let me make a little bit of an argument. Now, I heard A Rod say the whole nonsense quote. Everybody heard it. It was Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Aaron Judge, and that was my best A Rod voice at the end of that. I think it was pretty right on the money. But that that was just a ridiculous quote. That is just not true. However. I like where his head's at. It's just that he's basically put in perspective what Judge is currently doing right now, and that was him basically saying he is the face of baseball. And to top that all off, Mark DeRosa also said the same thing. And we were talking about this before, last episode, not on the air, so I'll share it with you guys today. Aaron Judge, when you think about a player, and there's two conversations. Face of baseball and best player are different conversations. That's why I'm saying Aaron Judge is face of baseball, and I can confidently say that he's more of a face of baseball than Mike Trout because face of baseball is 
amplified by the market. The market is the multiplier for face of baseball because that's why, I mean, Mike Trout doesn't get a lot of attention even though he's the best player we've probably ever seen, but he's not the face of baseball because he's just not in the right market. People don't like watching him as, as much as we do. We're fans that are so passionate about the game that we make our own goddamn podcast and we talk about it at one in the morning after a game instead of going to sleep and studying for the CPA like I should be doing. But he's just so recognizable and that's the other big thing the other big thing is that he's recognizable like you ask a casual baseball fan like i don't know Alyssa, my girlfriend knows nothing about baseball you see aaron judge walk into a coffee shop that's aaron judge he's recognizable you see mike trout you probably don't that person probably doesn't know him like oh my god that's mike trout you know what i mean so that is adds a lot to the face of baseball conversation as well so am i safer out you're safe. Cool. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, the face of baseball, yes, it doesn't mean the best player. He's not the best player. One of, he's not the best player, but he's the most marketable player in baseball. And there's, if you look back at the last 10 years, I would say that the faces of baseball have been Derek Jeter. For a while, I'd even argue Bryce Harper. And then Aaron Judge. And it's like, they're great, but he's in New York. He's shining in New York. He has the most jersey sales. When Every MLB year. is doing anything to promote, they're going to use Aaron Judge. They use Mike Trout too. But like you said, Mike Trout is going to reach the baseball fans. But when you're talking about the face of the MLB and trying to get new people into the game, you're going to use Aaron judge. Why do you, I don't even think that's too hot of a take. I think that's, I don't even think that's a, that's a close play to play. I think you're just safe. Yeah. And I think like, what, like when you see all of the marketing campaigns too, that's how you literally see what the MLB thinks in terms of their face of baseball, because you see all these like, production like things like the field of dreams we're supposed to be in it because we're the Yankees and it's Aaron judge and everything like that. And then you see like the, the uh, London series and all these other things that we're headlining and you see like the pictures they put out of like, Oh, we're ready. We're tell us when and where, like we're ready to play again. Who's the biggest picture person in that picture? It's Aaron fucking judge. Why aren't they using the angels for these big marketable games that are supposed to sell baseball, like with the field of dreams, because they're not marketable because that's just not the best player on the biggest team. And one of the best players in the league. And as we've been recently seeing, he's super clutch. So those things all combined make me safe. Thank you. He's must see TV. He is must see TV. So now that I'm safe there, see if I can go two for two with two dongs. I'm concerned a little bit about our current state of the Yankees and, and how we've been winning games. I know we're 8-1, and one, but I think there are underlying concerns with how we've gone about winning these games. So let me explain. Obviously, we're 8-1. We're doing very good, best record in baseball. Not really too much to worry, but this is a big trouble in paradise sort of take. Aside from Judge and Cole and a few others like Geo, DJ, it's very top-heavy in terms of the performers on this team right now. There are a lot of people that are very much struggling, starting catcher Gary, Guardy, 
Glaber, a lot of the whole rotation besides Cole seems to be struggling. A lot of struggling players, a lot of players that are really carrying the team on the back. And on top of that, we kind of got lucky in a lot of these games. Not a very hard strength to schedule playing against the Orioles, playing against the Red Sox who lost to the Orioles, playing against the Nationals who lose Strasburg, who lose Soto. We missed out on a lot of players like that. Phillies who are struggling coming off COVID. They haven't played a game in a week. I feel like we have gotten a, a lot of good bounces and I'm a, a little part of me is concerned about that and the ability to continue this because of those things. Not saying I'm like panic mode, but it's, like I said, trouble in paradise. My safer out. You're out. You're out at the plate, and I'm going to tell you why. While, yes, we have had nice matchups so far, you're out for the reason being that we have depth. We have people that are coming, going to come in. We have Tanaka, who's going to get better. We have Paxton, who you got to believe is going to figure it out more likely than he is to not figure it out. We have people like Schmidt, who can come up in a panic situation. We have a fantastic bullpen. And for the people in the lineup who aren't doing great, there's two ways to look at it. It's great because Judge is getting up in these situations and he is making it happen. But the way that our lineup plays out, you're not going to keep all of us down ever. Okay, so even if Judge goes into a skid, other people are going to pick him up. We have the ability to pick him up. There's never a time where we're out of a game. And we have this schedule all season. That's the thing. This 60-game season, if you're saying the way that the Yankees are right now, we're only playing these teams. We're only playing the Nats, the Phillies, the Braves, the Mets, the AL East, the NL East. That's all we're going against. So we're going to keep getting these matchups. Garrett Cole is going to be who he is. The rest of the rotation will figure itself out. And I think that our players are too good to be worried about in the first 10 games, especially when we're getting wins. That's the answer I wanted to hear, and that's the answer I believe in too. But I was, like I said, trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. But there are that you understand. I know I'm out, but it was. I'm not saying it was a close play, but I'm saying there was something behind it. Like I was, you're not just sending him around third, and he was like dead from the start. Like there is a little bit. Yeah. Maybe maybe I tripped around like halfway through, but you know, there's so, there's some weight to it, and it's something to keep an eye on for Yankees fans going forward. Obviously, I know nobody's hot at the same time. That's just not how baseball works. And this is kind of how baseball is operated. Like, you are pulled by the hot hitters at the time, and some people go back through slumps, and then somebody else gets hot. But just something to keep an eye on. And I know we're going to keep playing. But if if we were currently finding out, figuring out ways to lose games instead of figuring out ways to win games, then I might call you safe. But the fact that no matter what, we're figuring out ways to win these games – and like last night's a great example. You look at, yeah, Judge had the two huge blows, but you have Gary Sanchez had an RBI double. Gio Rochella had an RBI double. Like we have guys that are coming in, and even when it's not Judge, we're still getting the job done. Luke Voigt tied the game. Gary Sanchez tied the game. Like we're good. Yeah. And you know what? Something that has been going very well, which will segue me perfectly into my next rounding third and my last one. Something that's been going so well, the two people who have been doing very, very well on this team is Judge and DJ. Judge and DJ, to me, before I get into my explanation, it's kind of my explanation, Judge and DJ, like they complement each other so well. We talked about it before a little bit. Like 
DJ just gets on and Judge gets him in. It's just like clockwork. Every time, DJ on, two outs, get Judge up to the plate, Judge it's a home run. That's just how it's been going down. And when you compare that to the best one-two punches in the sport right now, one-two punches being just one hitter, two hitter. Strictly that, who bats lead off, who comes after him. Not best two players in a lineup because then we would probably do like Judge and Stanton or Judge and Glaber or any combination of the two. And then there's obviously the bellinger Betts situation, but they, that's not a leadoff. It's two-hitter situation. I think DJ and Judge are the best one-two punch in baseball, and that's over players like Acuna Albies, Bryant Rizzo, Betts Muncy, Springer Altuve, Simeon Chapman. I don't think it's that close, especially the way they're playing right now. Because the, And the reason why I think it makes them even better just it, without looking at them as as a individual players and their production, like that, like overall war. If you were to look at them and say like, oh, they produce the most war, they're the best one-two punch. It's just how they complement each other. Like DJ literally just gets on every time he swings. He always swings, never strikes out. So it's never gonna strand Judge and he leads off the next inning. DJ's always gonna try and get on in any way, never gonna strike out. And then Judge just. Hits a home run. Like, that's just, it's a beautiful one-two punch. Am I safe or am I out? You're safe. I agree. I think in terms of as one-two hitters go, they're the cream of the crop. I think DJ is, they, I've seen so many things that say DJ LeMay is not a leadoff hitter. But for <laughs> I our lineup, he, is, he is the leadoff. Like, he's perfect. He always is up in the right situation, whether it's to start the game with a home run or get back around the lineup and get Judge up. And people also say Judge shouldn't be hitting two. I love that. I love Judge hitting two. Yeah. I love those two at the beginning of the lineup, and I do think that they are the best two in baseball because DJ is just – they're both just pure hitters and pure hitters that can do everything and pure hitters that feed off of each other well. So, yes, I'm calling you safe there. Yeah, and the way – like your players are only as good as the way the lineup's constructed. A lot of people don't put, put a lot of weight into the order in which players bat. Like I, I, when I was doing research for this, I saw a lot of teams that just have horrible one twos, and they have better players that are threes and fours. And like, I don't really get that because you're getting your best two players. You want them to get the most at bats because let's say bottom of the ninth, your two hitter is up in a two out situation. That three hitter is probably not up, and that might lose you the game. When Judge gets an extra at bat, like let's say. His situation doesn't happen, and somehow, some way, he was batting third that inning, and then Stanton strikes out, and he never gets up. That's you want the guy to get the most at bats so he can make the most damage. And mm-hmm. I just think the construction of this lineup is very good. It's very they're very they complement each other very well. I agree because the and the Yankees do have an advantage because they have arguably the best one to nine lineup in baseball, probably yeah. them or the Dodgers. But it's just so nice because of the type of hitters. And I think that Boone does a great job with this lineup. I think I like the way that it goes LeMahieu, who could do, who's a hitter-hitter, and Judge, who's going to hit a home run. And you go back to Glaber, who's a hitter-hitter, can also get the home run, proved that last year. And then Stan, guy that's going to get the home run. And then you have the little stretch of probably going to be a home run or probably going to be an out with the Voight and Sanchez. And, and the Hicks, Voight, Sanchez, that whole area, those are like, yeah, these guys hit a lot of home runs, so we put them behind the people that get hits. And then you get back to, like, the talk of an Andhar. And I think it's just – it's a freaking – it sucks for pitchers. It's just <laughs> yeah. such a great cycle. But I think that 
it's great. I think that they're a great one-two punch, and I love the construction of the lineup. Yeah, and, and like I, you said, it is so so important to yeah. any successful. And team. people don't really talk about that. It's like, oh, you got nine; they'll eventually all get their hits, whatever. But like, it's like the order in which people come up and their games and how they play against getting the other guy opportunities. It's so important. I don't know. Yeah. That, I thought that was. I knew I was going to be safe. I knew I was hitting inside the park. That one hit off the wall and just bounced over to the left field and nobody touched it. That might Easy. have been a balk, bro. Like yeah, they, they balked me in. They intentionally walked me with the bases loaded. I Barry Bonds that one. I rounded third with a nice walk. But there you go. I was going to say something else before we moved on to the final thing. What was it? Tell me what it was. It would be a weird thing for me to do considering I don't know. All right, whatever. Let's move on. So, who are you giving the Ellsbury Award to? Ellsbury Award for those who are tuning in for the first time. I don't know why I've been listening since episode one. It's episode 57. But the Ellsbury Award goes to the person who sucks this week because Ellsbury sucks. I don't like Ellsbury. Nobody does. So, who's your Ellsbury this week? This week? I feel like it. Uh, are we considering this week the whole season? or No, since the last episode. So, the games that we just recapped, who are you giving the Ellsbury Award to? I'll start if you don't if you need time to think well that was my answer (laughs) I mean it's gotta go to Paxton right yeah I mean he's the only one that stood out as sucking James Paxton is having a horrendous start to the season so congrats on getting the Ellsbury award James (laughs) I hope you turn it around I mean hopefully and I I really think it's it's a product of him being hurt there's got to be something. Oh, back surgery. Try to give the guy some leeway, but yeah. You think it, you think he's like hurt, like need to take another IL stint, or you think he's like just coming back from the surgery? I think it's just coming back from the surgery. I think he feels fine. He, every interview with him, he's pretty much very honest that he, he's open about feeling completely fine. He just can't figure out what's wrong, which is like it's probably just he's lying. Yeah. So I, I think he'll be fine. So, since you took that one, I'm going to have to pick another one. I'm just going to say the Yankees pitching staff that's not named Garrett Cole. See, that's not true. It's not true, but I didn't have, I couldn't pick Paxton, so I got to pick somebody else. Who am I going to pick? I, you know, fuck, Hap. Yeah, fuck Hap. I was going to pick Hap. Fuck Hap. And honestly, Wade. Wade has been playing like shit. I, I'm, I'm a big Wade guy, but he's not been doing anything. It's because you think he's so much better than he is. He's bro. not better than, I know he's not good at hitting, he's just not doing it. And. Just, I haven't had the whole offseason to build him up. I'm just seeing bad. That's all That's all that's going on. The whole offseason, I've had time to watch the highlights. There's just such a it's such a thing with – it's the podcasting community. I've noticed it's just so high on Tyler Wade. Like, he's literally just fast. That's all he is. No, he's a good fielder, too. He's a good fielder, but he's just fast. And he's a good fielder. Sure. Most people are. I don't know. I just spent the offseason looking at – the highlights of every player and looking at the whole highlight reel and everything. His uh, is uh, honestly kind of alarming that his highlight reel is like two minutes long. So he doesn't really have much going on. And then you were like, Oh my God, Tyler. All right, whatever. So such a, I just want to get, I just want to get drinks with him. And the rest, and the rest. Cause he's our age. You feel like he could be your friend. Yeah. That's what JJ thinks about all. That's his, his theory for Wade Talkman. Uh, Anybody that we want to get beers with, which I would very much be open to. So you're wrong. I'd love to have a beer with anybody on the Yankees, but we might get a beer with Michael K. Did you see that? No, Michael K. is is down. He follows us now on Twitter, but he responded a while back 
saying, uh, so we said something, and then he quote tweeted us, and then JJ said he's not going to get a beer with you. And then Michael K. quote tweeted JJ's tweet and said, I very well might, J- uh, Jack. And he was like, I was just freaking out. And then today he did the Ask K thing during the rain delay. And I was like, hey, Michael, when are we getting that beer? Hashtag Ask K. And he responded. He said, whenever we're allowed to go into a bar again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll keep your seat warm and the beer cold. So we might be getting beers with Michael K., which would be a childhood dream of mine. So... Updates to come on that. I dreamed about that, yeah, when I was a kid. Anyway, next award, since you went first on the Ellsbury Award and stole the one good answer for that, for the belt, I'm going to give the belt away to Judge, obviously. Real hard one there. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's the point of the belt. He gets the belt. I'm not going to not pick him because he's not the not like a, a weird pick. Like I'm not going to go like you and pick somebody else. I'm going to give it to him as well because he fucking deserves it. it that, that one needs no explanation either. He just gets the belt this week so until next week he has the belt so some other awards i wanted to give away this is a personal award that i created was the i hate you luke rella shut up and let me play award and that's going to go to luke voigt because i have been shitting on him and he has been shitting on me in term in his play so he doesn't like me if he has heard anything I've been saying about him, which I wouldn't like me if somebody was talking shit about me like that. And you know what? He blew up in my face. Told you. So the I hate you, Luke Rella, shut up and let me play award goes to Luke Foyt. Well, I'm really happy for him. Do you he really an, deserve that award. Do you have an award? Um, my award will be the you can sleep with my girlfriend and I would probably thank you. Award <laughs> and it goes to DJ the Mayhew every week. DJ, really good guy. He's a really cool guy. See, DJ is the type of guy who like I'd I'd give him that same award because like he he'll he so wouldn't he'll be nice he'll he'll treat her he'll take her to a nice restaurant. He nah, he just so wouldn't do it. He wouldn't talk. Can't imagine. Dude, I, is he married? I swear to God, I had this conversation. Me and my friend said one one professional athlete you could get a beer with, and my answer was actually DJ the Mayhew. And it really? seems like the worst answer ever for that. It is. But I got to pick the guy's brain. Bro, he's just like way he won't too talk. Normal. He's way too normal. All right. I so then so we'll, give the, we'll give the I want to get a beer with you award to DJ. Yeah, because like it's just he's an anomaly. Like remember when uh, quarantine was happening and they asked Adi like who's the one guy you're concerned for during quarantine? And he was like snap call. It was like DJ the main. Why guy was he worried about him? Why? He was like, all he does is wake up, go to the field, and hit. And now he can't do that because the facility is closed, and he's going to lose his mind. Oh, yeah. Didn't you remember when they were playing Call of Duty, and then the field just opened, and DJ yeah. was playing with them. It was like Talkman or somebody else, Canely, and they were playing COD, and he signed off. And, was like, and they were talking, like, where'd DJ go? He's like, oh, he found out the field opened, so he went to bed, and he's going he's gonna to get up early and go to the field the yeah, second yeah, they open. He's a robot. I yeah. feel like he's just like, – even in his post-game interviews, like, he doesn't smile. Like, dude, you just had a great night. Can you just crack a smile? And I just want him to. But at the same time, I don't just to keep up the mystery that is DJ Mayhew. Yeah. Well, my next award I was going to give away is the, I mean, this is an obvious pick. The runs in the first award is a recurring, recurring pick. He, he gets this award and he doesn't give it away to anybody else. Occasionally, Tanaka Sometimes. gets it. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, okay, I was about to say, occasionally Tanaka, but 
This one's going to go to James Paxton. Uh, he loves runs in the first. So he, he's going to win this award for the foreseeable future until he figures it out and maybe gets the velo up a tick. Just It's not what you like to see out of the Big Maple. That's all right. We got to lay off the guy. We'll figure it out. Do you have another award? Nah, I'm all good. All right, well, then I'll end my awards with one more. I'm going to give it to... Who's, who's going to get this? I got two. I'm going to pick one. I, you know, I'm just going to give... I'm not a fluke award. G- Gio's got that. Gio's proven that he's definitely not a fluke. Yes. Congratulations. And, and I'm very happy for it. Extremely hot take. And and I'll, I'll give the other one award, too. <laughs> it's my last thing I'm going to say. The You're better than that award. That goes to Glaber. You're better than that award goes to Stan, uh, Sanchez, too. Yeah, but Glaber more. If I were to give, if I had one person to give that to, yeah, they're both sure. slumping pretty hard. But st- obviously, Sanchez a little more. But Glaber is definitely better than what he's currently putting out on the field. He's he's really not even bad that doing that bad. He'll be all right. He's batting like Mendoza right now. Which, if you're slumping in an early season, Mendoza really isn't that bad. All yeah, it's way too a, early. Yeah, way too early. So you're better than that. You're better than that. It's just hard. Like, what what can we really expect? We can't expect all these guys to be hitting like Judge and DJR. Yeah. Like, we've come to expect it, but, like, you can't. It's not fair, especially in nine games. Yeah. Well, it's late. Yeah. It's 1.30. The things yeah. we do for you guys. Whoever's sticking around to catch the end of this long one, this actually ran pretty long. But uh, you guys are the real ones. Always remember to leave us a review if you like listening to us. We are doing this for you at 1.30 in the morning. I should be sleeping and doing other things that are productive with my life. But I'm sitting here talking to my friend Kev and giving out awards for you guys. So leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Subscribe to the show. Follow us on social. If you don't already, you probably do because that's how you found this podcast. If you made it here, you found us there. Love you guys. Go Yanks.